Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brad. This is Miles. And welcome to the house. All right. We are back in the studio for another episode. Brad, the NFL draft is over. Everyone is now looking forward uh, to a long four months before we begin football season. The NFL draft's over, and our team's got the players that we hopefully wanted. We graded them. Uh, we, I've been all over the news. And I, you know what I did today uh, that was actually not besides working? Um, I went on and I watched a lot of the top prospects' workouts. Um, not Those their, videos get me hyped. Yeah, I wasn't even looking at their combine workouts because I didn't care about that. I was looking at their like actual physical workouts, like what they do to get ready and to stay prepared. And man. I'm impressed. It's so funny because I was just talking about this uh, at the gym a couple days ago where I was trying to get some some motivation. And yeah. these guys are preparing for the battle of their lives. When you yeah. think about it, they're, you know, I, I know that we've made this uh, comparison before, but these are gladiators preparing yeah. for battle in the ring. This is what they've been training for their entire lives. They're four months away. Yeah, it, it's, it was amazing for me to see and... It, dude, it, it inspired me. Also, like, it inspired me to be like, Brad, you better be a freaking realist because these guys have nothing but time to work out. But it also inspired me to, you know, if these guys can grind that hard, maybe I can put in a little bit of time. Yeah, they are definitely, it's their job. They're getting paid. This is what they do around the clock. But uh, definitely good motivation there. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, with that being said, Miles, it is one of my favorite times of the year um, in the golf world. This is golf's fifth major, which happens to be in Ponte Vedra, um, the Players' Championship. So, we know the tournament already kicked off today, but let's just go ahead and talk about it a little. Yet another event that you and I will find ourselves at. If, if there is a good sporting event within driving distance, you and I find a way to get there. Yeah, I think we uh, we just love hanging out together and we love <laughs> sports, and why not? You know, there's no other there's no other excuse besides going to watch some great golf, partying. Number 17's wicked. No. Love the players, man. I mean, ever since I started watching golf Dude. around age 17, 18, the players has been a fun tournament to watch. It's so fu- it's so fun. Two years ago, I watched back-to-back hole-in-ones on the same hole. I think it was like Kucher and somebody else. I still have the video on my uh, computer where Kuch hit the hole-in-one. I'm just yelling, Kuch! That was a really sick. yeah. That was a really good moment. And Easy. last year was my first time there. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and the course is just beautiful. Yep. It's it's immaculate, and I, I'm stoked. Um Ready to be in Jack's Beach partying afterwards, yes. too. We're going to get after it. Um, so with that being said, Miles, let's run through some of the players that we like here. Yeah, let's uh, go ahead and talk about the odds. You know, one thing that really stood out to me, Brad, when I first looked at this list is that there really is uh, not a clear favorite. I feel like there were much more clear favorites for the Masters. I think this is a little more harder to predict. Yeah, um, uh, one thing in the golf industry is they say the players doesn't – there's no prototypical player that wins the players. It's not one kind of player because it tests you in every single way. Um, you know, that stretch from uh, 16 to 18 is a really stretch, tough stretch. Uh, number nine, if you hit the ball far enough, you can be you can be putting for eagle, but you can also be putting for bogey because it's still a tricky hole. It's a good balance of every kind of player. And the odds here were surprising, like, um, but there were none more surprising than Tiger Woods being at plus 2,800. I thought that was a little low, yeah. especially him coming off his last two tournaments. Plus twenty eight hundred, if, especially if you're looking at like a player like uh, Zach Johnson or Bryson De- Bryson DeChambeau, who's playing a little bit, they're both playing a little bit better at plus forty five hundred and at plus five hundred. Uh, you'd be a fool to put money on Tiger Woods this week. I think there's always going to be a Tiger bias, but he's just not at that level right now. No, um, let's say we didn't see the tournament start. Who would you have put your money on? So my pick to start the week was Jordan Spieth, hands down, and at plus okay. sixteen hundred. What I liked about this tournament is that no matter who you picked, you were getting great value. Yeah, I mean, that's. 
that's pretty much what it is hands down. And uh, in my uh, ride or die pool, I've been saving Jordan, and I really thought that this would be a good weekend for him. Not a bad one. Um, for me, I just looked at the length of the course and how many um, hit reachable par fives there were. Um, I have, I'm going to give you two. I did Dustin Johnson. Um, Dustin Johnson, just the stats on here are ridiculous. His stats are, are insane. Um, he's number one off the tee and number one tee to green. And those two stats for this kind of tournament are huge because, like I said, uh, you can bomb it down the middle of the fairway and go in for two, or you can be struggling, not hit it that far, and then you can be leaving yourself with a long bogey putt or a long par putt, and you need to convert. So I thought those two stats were really telling for him. Um, he's leading leading the to- leading the tour in uh, eagles this season and scoring average. So that was a great one. My other one was more of a flyer for me. Um, it was that's Kiradek Appy Bonrat at plus five hundred. Because um, if you think about it. This is this course fits his style. He's not real great in any area. I think he's best ranked 28th in one area, but he's a good all-around player. And this is the type of tournament a good all-around player wins. Like you look at when Ricky Fowler won it. He's a good all-around player. Mm-hmm. He's actually for me to compare Kiradek and Ricky Fowler, I should punch myself in the face. Ricky Fowler is a great all-around player where Kiradek is a good all-around player. He's also the kind of player that can come in and win one of these things. I yeah. think that Siwoo Kim Proved that last year, and by the way, not even in the top twenty, the yeah. defending champion. And I mean, he playing he's playing well. Last time I checked, he was like five under. Yeah, so. yeah, he's so yep. he's uh looking. Uh, our Masters champion Patrick Reed at plus thirty three hundred. Yeah, I would have stayed away from P Reed just because of his last round, and he's still getting over that Masters hype. Like you look, look, not not very very many Masters champions go through to to carry in their next couple tournaments. They have that Masters hangover. All the events they're doing. Um, but like I mean, I'm just so stuck on this like Bryson DeChambeau at such high odds, or uh, even Tommy Fleetwood. John Rahm is I mean, John Rahm should have been way up there. Like he should have been with Jason Day. Like if it weren't for Jason Day's magical Saturday, he would have won last week. Yeah, and what do you think about uh, Jason Day and Justin Thomas being the co-favorites at plus fourteen hundred? Um, I think Jason Day, sure. The odds of winning back-to-back champions, unless your championships, unless your Tiger Woods, not there. Yeah, Justin Thomas can win at any moment, so I, I'm never surprised by his odds. Yeah, it's definitely the usual names at the top. You got Rory at plus sixteen hundred and Ricky at plus eighteen hundred. Yeah, and you got to also remember that these are favorites, so the lines do move, but based on the player. And I can tell you that not many, uh, not many people are betting on Patrick Cantlay, although I believe he's actually leading the tournament right now. Um, but a lot of people are putting money on the big names, and it's it's evident. Um, you have your smart golfers who are trying to pick up pick up smaller guys like Bryson DeChambeau, um, Billy Horschel, Francisco Molinari. You know a name who's on here who I'm really surprised is not. He's made he's made every cut and he's he's his average round is like seventy. Average round is seventy with making every cut, and that's um uh, Emiliano Grillo is not on this this top list, which was a huge surprise to me. And he got Sergio plus thirty three hundred. Yeah. So it's another one, uh, Hideki plus four thousand. Yeah, these are great odds. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but it, like you said, they are changing yeah. uh, based on the results. Uh, and Canley uh, opening up at plus five thousand. You know, anyone who put their money on them is pretty excited. Yeah, I mean, look at that seven. He's seven under right now. Let's just take a quick look at the leaderboard. I'm gonna run through the uh, top three here. It looks like he just fell to six under there. So we have a what is this like a six way tie for first place right now? Okay, did Sergio fall to six under too? Yeah. Okay. I don't. Sergio's have a five under now. five. Okay. So maybe we'll look at yours because I only I only took a screenshot right before we went on air. Yeah, because uh, Kenley uh, and Stricker are still playing, but everyone else is still uh, holding strong. Okay. Dustin Johnson was a great pick. Run though. through that tie we have. 
Yeah, so uh, at the top of the leaderboard, uh, Webb Simpson is there. Okay. Uh, Dustin Johnson is there. Matt Kuchar is there. Kenley is there. Stricker is there. Steve Stricker is there at the top. You know, you look at a lot of these names uh, that were that are on this board. I'm like, what's up with all these old guys? Matt Kuchar, Steve Stricker. Um, Duffy played well today. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of names out there that yeah. a little old playing well. So you watch out for Justin Rose at four under. Yeah, Justin if, Rose is if he's playing he well, can, he can get scary hot. Um, Justin, Ro- I have Justin Rose in my FanDuel. My dude, I wish I could pull up my FanDuel lineups. They're both balling right now. Everyone's under nice. par. Everyone's playing well. I got I got three guys on both teams who are better than four under. Let's you know they got to keep it through the week because Thursday scores don't really matter. Yeah, absolutely not. It, it's just very difficult to go wire to wire. But yeah. it, it is it is very important. That's why you want to look at who's at four under, who's at yeah. three under. Um, who was another one on here that I really liked? Well, Jason Day, he's at three under. Okay. Yeah, Jason um, Day can put together a, a, a solid moving day. He's going to be in contention. Yeah. DeChambeau, four under. Uh, who was the other one that I... Oh, John Rahm is at four under. Yeah, John Rahm at four so, under is really scary. A lot of these favorites are playing well. Uh, you said Tiger finished even today. In, is that... Yeah, had an, oh, I, I saw, he was on 15. Oh, um, that's right. Also, had, yeah. He had a very, very impressive eagle on number nine off the fringe to make him to bring him back to yeah. even, which was great. And he's one under. If Tiger's playing that well... I. Let's hope for you and I's sake that he's coming yeah, into the weekend. We just need him. Tiger, make just it a to the weekend, please. Come on, man. Please. <laughs> Somehow, let's just let's just leave uh, Mickelson and Tiger paired together. Yeah. If this can happen for two more days, we'll be in heaven. So, really looking forward to that. Yeah. With that being said, let's talk about what's really important. Yeah, because uh, I don't think that we've talked about the NBA playoffs though uh, thus far, but it's a great time to do it because we have both uh, finals series kicking off uh one on sunday one on monday it's been a hell of a playoff if it's not the word that i was looking for i'd say a surprising playoff yeah like i didn't think that lebron was gonna get pushed to seven games in the, in the first series and then i didn't think they were gonna sweep the raptors in the second series now that i think about boston i was like yeah boston might lose to milwaukee which they almost did they won by a couple points in the game seven then I didn't think they were going to press the 76ers like they did in 76 who got beat in five games. I think what you just said, where the biggest stories for me is the turnaround of those teams going into a series that nobody ex- expected them to win at that point. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I thought Toronto was going to push Cleveland, uh, even though Cleveland did dominate them in the, reg- in the regular season. So yeah. the reading, the, Cleveland beat, on the, the writing Cleveland on the wall the was Raptors there. by an average of 14 points right. in this series. But as you said, the way they played against Indiana, it wasn't looking like... That and, it was going to amount to anything. Well, I was telling, I was telling mostly everyone. I was like, the matchup for, the matchup for uh, the Raptors was kind of tough because you look at like who on their team is going to be able to stop LeBron. You look on Indy, who could stop LeBron? A lot of players. And then Indy was so more balanced than if one of the star players from Toronto went down, uh, was playing bad. Demar Derozan or uh, Kyle Lowry, cashing in, man. Yeah. No, no luck. So. Uh, moving to another team here, Boston. Do you think that we're learning anything about the importance of Kyrie Irving? Do you think that we're learning anything about the role that he has on this team? I just wanted to pose that to you. So, did you see what I posted today? Mm-mm. The picture. I posted a picture for anyone who wants to know that says, is a picture of Kyrie and it said he left so he could be the quote-unquote man, um, but both the teams he left are in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that a lot of the Kyrie in Boston situation... I think that has to do with better coaching. Uh, they're just a great league. Brad Stevens is a great coach. He is, yeah. Now, if you look at the Cavs, you took the ball out of Kyrie's hands, and now 
you're putting more work on LeBron. So I think Kyrie would have helped the Cavs a lot, not made LeBron suffer so much. Um, because if you look at the majority, I think it was something like 80% of LeBron James's uh, field goals in this postseason were unassisted. Whereas last year, it was like a total, most of his assists were coming from Kyrie Irving. So I, I think that Kyrie Irving, let's just put it this way. If Kyrie Irving was healthy for the Celtics, I think they have a chance to beat the the Cavs. The Cavs are a poorly coached team. I don't care what anybody says. Tyron Lue isn't even in the huddle most of the time. Yeah, it's just LeBron's team. Coach LeBron's out there. Lebronto, whatever you want to call him, he's tearing it up. And Tyron Lue is, I don't consider him the freaking difference maker. But LeBron has proven that he doesn't even need a competent coach to win titles. No. Um, I think that it's going to be a, a good series. But with LeBron playing at the level he is right now, I mean, I feel like it, this is the other point I was going to bring up. One of the reasons why I love watching and keeping up with the NBA playoffs is these storylines, right? So you have all this going on in the West. I feel like, pr- correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like the action in the Western Conference is being overshadowed by LeBron's performance right It now. is. And, it, I mean, those games are so late, so a lot of people don't stay up on our side to yeah. watch them. And, and, you know, like, to be honest, man, that Pelican series was dry. It was. That Jazz series was, I watched almost every single one of those games was boring. I think it's because everybody, including myself, expected the Jazz, they were playing so well, expected the Pelicans to match up. Yeah, and neither did. But now, we're left with the series that we've all been waiting for. Yeah. Golden State and Houston is what we've been waiting for this season. Yeah, so before we move on to the Western Conference, yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to highlight LeBron James' freaking, oh my god, so he's coming on, he has a chance to win his 24th straight Eastern Conference playoff series, averaging league leading, averaging 34.3 points per game in the playoffs. Four 40-point outings, nine assists per game, 2.9 assist-to-turnover ratio. How do you stop that if Boston is no Houston or Golden State? What are you going to tell me? Jason Tatum, who's playing great, is going to stop him, is going to match that. Uh, Jalen Brown's going to match that. Terry Rozier's going to match that. Al Horford, Baines, who we got that's matching that? Dominance and those stats are eye popping. But the first one that you said, that fact that he's won twenty three Eastern Conference playoff series in a row, going for twenty four. Yeah, I think, man, and I'm just thinking about it. Like, you know, people are like, "Where's Kevin Love?" Kevin Love started to turn it on. Yeah, Jr. Swish, great. Jr. Swish six for six in his last game. Could have shot more, but coach told him to, to dial it back a little bit. LeBron just needs a little bit of help. A little just- bit, and you see the difference between. I think it. Okay, so you took a bunch of guys um, like Rodney Hood, um, Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., um, who've never been in the playoffs. And now you stick them in the playoffs with so much pressure in round one. You know, it, it took them a while to get to that gel. Not not really to gel, because I don't think they're gelling that great. I think it's difference now is they're having fun. Yeah, and they and they believe in LeBron, and they believe in what he's doing, and I I just feel that quiet confidence from him right now in his yeah. press conferences that you know that I didn't really feel last year. You know, one thing though, I do have to step back on my earlier statement that uh, Tyron Lue isn't coaching at all because one thing that he did do that I noticed that was really freaking smart is he started playing LeBron less early in the series, so the players would stop watching LeBron and they'd start playing and. Tyron Lue, props to you because that is so smart. And if they continue to stop watching LeBron and actually play and contribute, watch out. That's a crafty coaching move for sure. So you have the Cavs moving on here? I have them winning in six. Yeah, I, I, 
I would have them winning in five. Um, the only problem, five I, or six. The only problem I don't. Ha- the only reason I don't have them winning in five is because just the fact that the Cavs. I mean, the Celtics play really well at home, and they're defensive enough to you know if they keep the Cavs under 105 points. Watch out! It could be a it could be a, a a home win for the Celtics, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost in five. To be honest, there's a lot of value too if you're if you think Boston has what it takes to win the series to win the championship. They're sitting at plus sixteen hundred right now. I don't have Boston freaking not even close to winning the championship. <laughs> you tell me, Boston's got to pass through the best player in the world, then he's got to go play against the be- one of the best teams in the world. And you know, we'll transition here. You know, one of the craziest stats I don't have it written down just because I know it, but these are the top two teams on offense and defense with Golden State and Houston. Earlier in the season, I even said at one point that the winner of the Western Conference would be the winner of the NBA Finals. Now, I'm hoping that LeBron can give us a show in the NBA Finals, but as you said, we are looking at the best two teams in the NBA. That would be so appreciated if LeBron James won another championship, especially as great as Golden State and Houston are. And you know... If the Cavs pull off a championship here, you know, general manager of the year, shout out. Shout out to Cleveland's general yeah, manager. For that because midseason move. That move, he shook the water. You know, that shows you no one's safe. If you're not performing, you're not safe. So the first thing that jumps off of me here is that to win the NBA title, Golden State has no value. They're sitting at minus 150. But Houston at plus 240? Yeah, that's not bad. Um, I like Houston minus 240, but I'm... I'm already have my money on Golden State. Um, I got them at plus 100 at the beginning of the playoffs, and I got them earlier in the year at plus 150. Um, so, yeah, I'm okay with that. Houston's opening regular season odds plus 700. Yeah, you know, I don't think anyone expected them to to play at the level that they've played at this season. Um, we knew they were going to be good. The opening regular season odds Bovada has are are a little different than the ones I got. Um, I got the Celtics. I have. Uh, friendly wager on the Celtics winning it all uh from the beginning of the year and I've I'm so pretty much right now how it stands is I'm gonna win money no matter what because I have um my two teams that I bet to win the East were um the Celtics and the Cavs the Celtics uh odds were so good to the point where I couldn't uh I bought them when Kyrie went down um and then I put heavy money on the Cavs to win the East so that's good and then to win the championship it doesn't matter because Golden State wins um, I'll push. I'll push on that bet. And if the Cavs win or the uh, Celtics win, then I win big money. Now, if the Rockets win, I'm losing. But Well, I'll uh, pull for Golden State for you. I wouldn't hate seeing that. I do want to see a competitive series. Yeah. I can't remember, me personally, uh, getting ready for an NBA series that had this much star power. Dude. I mean, it's God. all over the place. But, you know, I know... Um, I know the Rockets went out here and built this team, right? They built this team to compete with Golden State, but I just don't see it, man. Like, I'm let's just go. Let's see if I can go head to head. CP3 versus Chris versus um, Steph. I mean, Steph's a better. Okay, if if Chris Paul does what he did again, the double double, forty points, zero turnovers that he did in Game Five, there no one's beating him. But that's not gonna happen against Steph and against this good defense. So that one we could push, right? James Harden versus Clay. We'll give him James Harden. Have to. Have to. Actually, no. I'm not pushing the Chris Paul one. Screw that. I'm giving it to Steph. You're going to give it to Steph over Chris Paul? Yeah. Because I, I was about to say that I, I thought your assessment of a push was perfect. I, I, no, to give it, anybody an advantage in that matchup. Right I now. have to give it to, to Steph just because of the fact that 
you know, before that game, Chris Paul was shooting like 29% from three. Mm-hmm. And three point is a bit is gonna be a big, big deal in this the series. Yeah. Whoever's hot. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna slight edge Steph. Okay. Uh we got small forward. We're gonna go with uh Trevor Ariza versus Kevin Garnett. I mean Kevin Durant. That's obvious. Yep. That's a good Durant. Um power forward, we're gonna go PJ Tucker versus um it doesn't even matter who they put it. Oh no, let's actually let's this actually I think how they're gonna do the lineup. They're gonna uh put Clay at the small, Iggy at the two. So that changes things big time. So let's say we got the point guard we settled that. Shooting guard will be uh Igadala versus Harden. That's uh Harden. Now we do Clay versus Ariza. I'm going Clay. Oh yeah, Clay. And, and now if, we go if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, now we go PJ Tucker versus Durant. Durant. Now Clint Capella versus anybody, almost anybody on that team is Clint Capella. So I'm actually thinking about it. This is going to be a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. I had Golden State in... How many do I have Golden State in? I think I had Golden State in six. But I could see a, easily see a Game 7. I could easily see a Game 7, too. I in think Houston, you know, get Golden State come from behind Game 7. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh, I still stand by what I said about Golden State. If everybody came back healthy and everybody was on the floor, no one's going to beat them. No. And um, Fun fact for you, Miles. Uh, this is the first time since 2014 that Golden State hasn't had a home advantage playoff series. Oh, that's a really good stat. And we'll see if that comes back to bite them. Yeah. Because that that could be the difference for Houston. Yeah, it, it, it could, could be. be. Um, I, I, I'm done, you know, I freaking am dumb and I should have looked at it. But I know for sure that Houston lost to the Jazz at home. They they mm-hmm. they swept the, uh, the Timberwolves at home. So... Let's see if that comes back, if, if Golden State can, can perform. So safe to say, it sounds like you and I both have Golden State and Cleveland playing for the title. Yes. I mean, I just look at the two stars, right? We got uh, James Harden averaging 28.55 and 7. CP3, 21 and 8, 5, 5 and uh, 6. Or we got Durant, 28 and a half. She's shooting 49% from the from the field. Eight rebounds, five assists, and then Curry. Curry in limited action, 19, 19 points in 29 minutes, six rebounds, two assists. Let's both let's bump up his minutes in the next game. Twenty three points, one rebound, two assists. But let's bump up his minutes in the next game. Thirty seven minutes, twenty eight points, seven rebounds, eight assists. That's the game where he played almost the entire game, just coming out when he we you know when he needed a blow. Safe to say that this is a scary team they're running into. This would be four years in a row that we see this matchup again. Four years in a row, and I think that uh, LeBron is going into. This year with a much better team than he had last year. Yeah. Much healthier, obviously, but a better situation. And I think we're going to get a much better series. Because I'm telling you right now, that finals last year w- was a mismatch. Yeah. But I-, I think it would be a much better series this year. I think that um, if it happens, if it's LeBron versus... Uh, what, man, they have some new nickname that, that I just read about today. I was like, this sucks. But the big five. <laughs> of course. Uh, LeBron versus them. Uh, Cleveland's going to have to shoot the ball a lot better. Yeah. And I mean, if Kyle Korver is still going out there averaging about 15 points a game you know he could be there he could be there there and as you said jr smith's shooting the ball well kevin loves playing well quietly yeah finally Finally and quietly Uh, rodney hood he's starting to get the ball and and jordan clarkson off the bench is he's been phenomenal because you know i was the first person to write him and nance off just because you get two people from the same crappy team typically doesn't pan out but i think that um you know jordan clarkson is actually learning so much from lebron He's learning how to be a pro. You know, you draft a guy out in L.A. under the big lights, big fancy lights out in L.A., and then he's on a team with a bunch of young cats, even with a young coach. 
he's out there in Hollywood, you know, like being Hollywood, partying every night, not doing, not saying he parties every night, but you know what I mean? It's hard for him to be a pro in that environment. But now he's in Cleveland with LeBron, the greatest player ever. And you know, LeBron was like, you're not talking to me until you get this shit together. And I'm impressed. I'm impressed what LeBron has done with that, those guys. Yeah. Taking him under his wing, being a mentor, because he knows that this is the situation that he has right now, and he and he's going to make the best of it. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, I, I like I, Steve Kerr likes to keep Durant on the court for a very long time. You know, when, when a lot of teams this happens, their primary defender comes off, comes off the court, right? With this team, they're going to be throwing every single bit of Larry Nance off the bench at him. You know that's gonna be a great matchup because Larry Nance is probably one of the best defending, best defending guard, uh, power forwards in the league because he can he's quick, agile, he's got ups, moves his feet, um, and then you know how are they gonna stop Clint Capella? They how do you stop a guy you don't that no one writes plays for right? Well they got Looney out there, they got Bell, they got Zaza, they got Javel, a bunch of big guys, and you know I'm pretty sure Kerr's gonna be like, foul him, make him beat us at the line. Why are you going to give him these free alley-oops? Foul him. We got big guys for days. Let me ask you this, uh, going back to LeBron. If he if he wins this series and he, and he pulls it off, if he wins both series, let's say, okay. let's say he beats Golden State in the finals, is this the ring that we go back and talk about? Uh, you know, I wish it would have been different. Like, I wish he would have had to play um, Houston first. In the Eastern Conference Finals, because everybody, you know, the LeBron haters, they all have something. There, you know, what they're gonna say, "Oh, he played a depleted Boston Eastern Conference Finals." But will anybody work. even remember uh, remember that at this point? I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you: the year that they that Cleveland beat Golden State in Game Seven, that was only two years ago. I don't even remember who they played in the Eastern Conference Finals. I just remember the finals matchup. I I I think it'll be forgotten. I don't I don't now. The argument of him playing in a depleted Eastern Conference for okay, that seven will, yeah, years. Yeah, that's better. That's going to be the argument. Yeah, where he swept the number one seed. Yeah, and as you said, this would be his 24th straight Eastern Conference playoff series win. Yeah. So I think that, that that's going to be the argument that plagues him. I think that if he wins this championship, this will be his first championship without any future Hall of Famers. It will be the ring they talk about because finally everyone could shut up that argument that LeBron James needed to go play with Hall of Famers to win rings. Not that he needs to prove anything to anybody. No. But damn it, I want to I, I want to see him do I it. I want him to shut everyone up. I'm a huge LeBron fan. And, you know, I don't even care who's the best, him or MJ. I don't care. Because the only people who say LeBron's not the best are LeBron haters. Or those guys who say it's too early to tell. Yeah. That's what I say uh, to anybody who brings that up I'm just like never took you for a hater man yeah it's the worst <laughs> just enjoy greatness yeah uh our uh our chat i i uh posited this question of mj or lebron on our little sports group and man it went off it went off it's a very sensitive subject very sensitive and you know i said something to someone else i said something to chris that was kind of funny i'm gonna say lebron's the greatest player alive but then again dude i was five and six years old when mj was destroying it we don't remember i met michael jordan at his grand opening uh my parents used to own a um a like event coordination company and so they got tickets to go we went up to chicago we went to the grand opening i met michael jordan you think i remember any of that i was freaking when that opened was like 97 96 i don't remember that we were just young tykes yeah we were little young young 
freaking ambitious bowling ball kids wanting to just run around the street. Yeah. Funny story. I got an uh, autographed basketball from that event, and, and I was playing with it. Uh, I used to play with it all the time. We had a hoop in our front yard, and it got ran over by a car. Oh, no. Little did I know now how much that basketball would be <laughs> worth. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I, I'm just so ready for these freaking haters to shut up. And, uh, you know, on their side, I know that we're not going to get into it, but it's been a great uh, Stanley Cup playoffs as well. Yeah, been a great Stanley Cup playoffs. Is Ovechkin um, going to do it? No, not a chance. I think uh, the Capitals are the second best team left in the East, and then they might be the worst team left. And that's not saying anything bad about mm, that oh, yeah. team. But uh, at times they play undisciplined. Uh, I don't think they have enough fire. Well, crazy to say they have the best best score in the league they don't have enough firepower they're not fast enough to keep up with let's say winnipeg wins right mm-hmm. they're not fast enough to keep up with winnipeg they're not good enough scorers to keep up with the lightning and let's say the predators win no nah, i'm not saying the predators win because the predators win they, i can't even describe the predator styles because they're not bigger than anybody faster than anybody but let's say vegas wins they're not gritty enough to keep up with vegas if washington wins it will be one of the best championships by a an underdog city not because they're so much of an underdog, but just because I think they're outmatched in everything. I was about to say, just because the other teams are so talented. Yeah. I still stand by my Tampa Bay pick for, for the champions. I, but, I like Tampa Bay. But I, overall, based on what we talked about, this uh, entire playoffs is pretty much shaping up how, how we thought it would. Yeah. You know, I put $0 on this playoff. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Wait, weird. I don't know why. Probably because I knew Pittsburgh wasn't as good as they were last year. Um, but, you know... Stamkos thanked Boston for that first round, first game whooping they took and said, thank you for, for teaching us what it means to be in the playoffs. And since then, they've been putting on the hurt. And this is where my mind goes. We have one month left where we get to watch the conclusion of the NBA and the NHL season. Then there's a long summer. Of baseball. Of baseball. We're we'll talking about baseball. Yeah, which is always fun. Uh, yeah, we got the World Cup this summer. So how about that? That's going to be some Neither fun. Neither of my teams action. are in it. Uh, no Ivory Coast, no USA. Yeah, that's disappointing. But you know what's actually a good thing? This is totally not sports related, but because the USA is is not uh, going to be in the World Cup, uh, you know, Lids is having a good sale on USA hats. Sure, because nobody I'm, wants to wear them. Yep, I'm getting one 4th of July, you know. <laughs> Still well, got to support the old <laughs> US know, of A. Your boy's a bargain hunter, my man. <laughs> Oh, that was a good one. Well, may may the best team win, right? Yeah, absolutely. With that being said, uh, guys, you know, keep asking us questions. Keep joining our uh, the sports uh, chat, the house, the sports, the place to talk about sports. Um, Feel free to tweet us, and that's at best the house. Facebook's at best the house. Um, Email us any questions you might have, and that's at besthouse at gmail.com. Download this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, and that's at welcome to the house. Um, Thank you so much, and have a wonderful rest of the NBA and NHL playoffs.